number, uh, sorry, that was hard. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to catch you off guard, but. Yes, uh, Song of Invitation is 903. 903. How in the blood. 903. Y'all are getting a little nervous. I just announced a song and I have a songbook in hand, but I'm not going to sing it. Not with the mic on, at least. A couple things I want to make you aware of. Actually, just one thing in particular. If you notice, we have some food up here. Um, This is not my personal pantry, um, but we are collecting... Um, canned items, boxed items, and a few other things um, for our um, food pantry over just uh, next door that that Burnell runs with a lot of people. uh, Your help, we're able to do that. Well, we have a goal that we're trying to meet in just two weeks. By the end of July, we would like to have a hundred of the following items. We'd like to have 100 cans of tuna, chicken, corn, green beans, chili, canned fruit, spaghetti sauce, peanut butter, jelly, tomato sauce, pork, and beans. 100 bags of rice uh, and pinto beans. And I don't know if you need to have this size um, of rice, but if, if you do, I'm sure somebody will take it. That's a whole lot of rice. So you can have big rice or you can have little rice. And then we have 100 box of mac and cheese, cereal, instant potatoes, spaghetti, and ramen noodles. And all those that we collect, they're going to go over. And we use those uh, to help um, give out groceries to folks in the Hobbs community uh, on the 2nd and 4th, Tuesdays and Thursdays of the month. So we want to encourage you to be a part of that. And we're going to try to have all those collected by July 31st. So if you could do that, we sure would appreciate it. Some of you may remember the War of the 80s. See, anybody remember the War of the 80s? You're thinking, well, that must have been the Cold War, right? No, not the 1980s. The 1880s. There was a battle that was taking place. It wasn't a battle uh, that happened on a battlefield that didn't involve guns. Instead, it involved electricity. And I may be off a little bit here, and if I am, Eddie Craig will probably be able to correct me. But I want to talk about this morning, about the war that took place in the 1880s between these two different types of electricity. Does anybody besides Eddie know the two types of electricity that I'm talking about? ACDC. That is not referring to a group in the the (laughs) 1980s. In the 1880s, there was this war going on between two gentlemen. One odd gentleman may be a stretch for this, but one of them uh, was the name George Westinghouse. And he was a proponent and he pushed this AC, which stands for alternating current. There was another man who you will be more familiar with his name. He was involved with DC, which is... Direct current, and his name was, anybody know? Thomas Edison, who did a lot of great things, and he was involved with General Electric, GE, which we know of. There was a war going on to see which, which one, which type of electricity would supply the country the needs that they were now having because they were able to plug in things. So this was a big deal back then. And so each one of them had their own sides. And this is something interesting that that you may or may not know. Why did they use 110 volts? Does anybody know? Besides Eddie, you, you already know this. 
But why do you think they use 110 volts? It's because the lights that they used, the bulbs back then, were 100 volts. And by the time the 110 volts made it all the way down to the light bulb, it had dissipated a little bit. They had lost a little power, and so it, they amped it up to 100, or uh, amped is not a good word, I should say. They, they bumped it up to 110 volts. It lost a little, got to 100 volts, and there you have the light would turn on. And so this direct current and alternating current were these two that were going back and forth. Thomas Edison, he might could have been a good politician because he did a few things that might have been a little below the belt to try to make sure that DC current won out. He was trying to remind people or show people how um, dangerous alternating current was. And to do so, he would go from town to town with this um, alternating current generator and he would find a stray dog or cat and electrocute that animal to prove that that was not a good thing to do. Occasionally, occasionally he would even find a horse or a cow that wasn't wanted anymore and he would do that. In fact, towards the end as he was losing, his, his last shot was that he took uh, Topsy. Now you probably don't know who Topsy was. Topsy was a circus elephant who had recently trampled three men and so he decided that he was going to use the alternating current to show just how bad it was. And they did a video, uh, I don't know if you should say video, a movie back then in the 1880s. It was black and white, I can tell you that. I doubt there was any sound. But they used that to electrocute Topsy to show just how bad alternating current was. It brought fear in so many people that lots of people said, we want to have direct current, we don't want this alternating current. If it can kill a circus elephant, I don't want my family near it. But, as you can probably guess, which one ended up winning out? AC. It's what we plug into. Now, we still have DC on some levels, not Washington, or not Doug Crumb. We still have direct current. We use those for certain things. When you charge up your, your laptop, there's DC right there. But AC won out on the, at the end of the day. Do you know why? Anybody know why AC won out? It's not because it was good at shocking elephants. It's because DC had one huge flaw. DC could only be transmitted a short distance. In fact, they could only get it to go about a mile before it lost enough that it was unable to even keep that light bright enough to burn. And so ultimately, because AC had the ability to ramp up the voltage, get shot across, ramp back down again, that's why we have these big things called transformers. They were able to use that. And in 1883, at a demonstration... They had a light bulb that got turned on that was pro provided by electricity that was over a hundred miles away. And at that, everyone decided alternating current, even though dangerous and potentially deadly, is the way to go. So what does ACDC have anything to do with church and why are we talking about it on Sunday? Well, several weeks ago, we talked about Jesus walking on water. 
Last week we talked about how Peter was able to walk on water because Jesus allowed him to. But what I really want to talk about today is do you have the ability to walk on water? Yes, I'm hearing some yes. Do you have the ability to walk on water and why do you have it? The same reason why alternating current is still used today is the reason why we believe in Jesus. It's because He has the ability to let His power come into our lives. That's the difference. It's not just that Jesus could walk on water. And it wasn't just that He allowed Peter to walk on water. We have a Savior and a Redeemer who says, Get out of the boat. Now we can say that, and we can read about it, but does it really happen in our lives? Every week, as I get prepared to study and spend time in prayer, I I think... I suppose, what do we really need? What what does Taylor Street need to hear? You see, I'm convinced that you believe that Jesus came down the Son of God and displayed His power miraculously. And He did so in many different ways. One of the ones we looked at recently was that He walked on water. And I think if we took a survey here... I think everybody would say, undoubtedly, I believe that Jesus walked on water. And if I put you to it and said, do you believe that Jesus walked on water? You would say, yes. But here's the problem. Somehow, we forget that the power that shone through Jesus and was displayed through Peter is available to us. You see, I I believe God has really really big plans for Hobbes. He really does. Which, by the way, I've got a side note here, and I wish I'd I'd brought a picture of it. I didn't. But has anybody looked at the new phone book we have out? You need to go look at the new phone book they have out because they list that this phone book is for Jal, Eunice, and Hobbes, Texas. And so for all of you who have been picking on me all the time because I said Hobbs, Texas, it's actually in print. Check your phone book. I was right. But God has big, big plans, not just for Hobbs, there is a Hobbs, Texas, but I want to talk specifically about Hobbs, New Mexico. I want to talk about your life and your work and your neighborhood and where you live. And I want you to know right now that God sent His Son Jesus who came. And what we're going to look at in a minute, He left, but He didn't abandon us. He says, I am giving you power through my Spirit. And that's what He's going to do. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 14. We're going to run a little bit through John 14, 15, Uh, and maybe on into 16 if we can. But what I want us to see right now is that God did not simply give Jesus the power and walk away. That after He rose, He made a promise. Uh, John chapter uh, 14 starts off, Um, Many of us are familiar with this passage. This is where uh, Jesus begins to comfort His disciples. And I'm going to read different selected passages through here. 
starting in verse 1 of uh, John 14. It says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. That you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. And then Thomas asked this question, and Jesus is going to go on. And in verse 15, we read this. This is really important. John 14, verse 15 says this. If you love me, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another counselor to be with you. What's that last word? forever. Not just a little time. See, we get a little confused. We say, well, you know, God used to do miracles, but He doesn't do miracles anymore. I mean, do you believe that? I mean, why would God do miracles or stop doing miracles? I mean, I I kind of question how effective are miracles in the first place as far as causing people to believe. How about about the Israelites? (laughs) I mean, how many miracles did they see? I mean, the, the, the Red Sea is parted. They walk across one chapter later after Miriam sings this beautiful song about God's deliverance. They look around and say, God, why don't you lead us out here to die? I mean, we have no food. If you'd left us in Egypt, at least we'd have a place to be buried. How quickly did they forget that Jesus has the power, God has the power to do miracles? How quickly did the believers in the New Testament forget about the power of Jesus? The disciples huddled up in a dark room with the locked door saying, what are we going to do now that Jesus is dead? What about the 5,000 that Jesus fed? They ate the food that came from a miracle that Jesus had performed. And how long into it? They walked away from Jesus. They said His teaching is too hard. But as we talked about several weeks ago on Wednesday night, maybe one of Jesus' greatest miracles didn't have to do with treading water. It didn't have to do with making a lame man walk or a blind man to see. Maybe one of the greatest miracles that Jesus did was when He called this lowly, good-for-nothing tax collector named Matthew and said, come and follow me. And that was a miracle because God said, I can do through you powerful and great things if you are connected to me. And he used Simon the Zealot, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, smelly fishermen that just got off of a boat. They used Matthew, a tax collector. And through those lowly, motley crew, really used them to transform that first century. In fact, if you take out Judas out of the equation, 10 of 11 of those died as martyrs for Jesus. But they didn't do it because they were good. They did it because they followed and were plugged in to Jesus Christ. So, the power that Jesus displayed... 2,000 years and 4,000 miles away, does it still have any power today? Does it have power in Hobbes? 
how is it displayed? And I don't, I don't, I'm not talking about let's go walk on water. I'm saying, is God have the power and the ability to perform a miracle and call you to be His disciple? I, I, I read in a book not too long ago, they said, you know what? God doesn't want a bunch of Christians who sit in chairs or pews on Sunday. He wants disciples who will go out and show His power to this world. So does He have this power? Can people see His power through you? You know, He's going to go on and say, talk about the idea of the the vine and the branches. And that's what would have been most uh, understood by them at the time. But I want to change this up just a little bit. John chapter 15 verse 1. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. And he talks about this whole idea of these branches that we have. They, they, re, uh, they get nutrients from the vine. And if you don't have the vine, then the branches wither. I'm not real good at gardening at all. But I can tell you, if I can get the weed at the root, it ain't coming back. Trust me, I have mowed over plenty of weeds and they pop back up even stronger than ever. But if you can get down and, and pull away at the root, then it's gone. But we don't garden quite as much. And I don't know about you, you probably don't deal with vines and branches quite as much. But there is something that we deal with nearly every day. And that is what we talked about earlier, electricity. And so I want to try to change this analogy, this illustration, just a little bit differently. And what I want to do is I want to talk about the idea of you being a light of Jesus. That's, we've heard that before, haven't we? we read that somewhere in Matthew chapter 5? You're the light of the world. So I want to talk about the idea of what it means to, to let your light shine. So, um, how many of you believe in electricity? I actually want a show of hands. Show me your hands. Show if you believe in electricity. And if you don't, that means you're living in the dark. <laughs> Literally. Do you believe in the power of the light bulb? Okay, we, we believe that. Do you believe in the electricity that will allow this light to shine when I flip the switch? I mean, you do it all the time, right? My kids, they're good at turning on the lights. They're just really bad at turning them off. Okay, so here we go. Are you all ready for this? Here we go. That's weird. What? Oh, it's not like, oh, you're catching on. Oh, we know where he's going with this one. Okay, so maybe we didn't have it plugged in. Maybe it has to be plugged in first. I think if, if Jesus were to rewrite or, or to retell what was accounted in John chapter 15, I think it would sound a little bit like this. It says, I am the cord and you are the lamp. Let's see how this works. You know what, I'm going to... Make sure I don't unplug it, because then it would be bad. There we go. Alternating current. You believe in it? Okay, here we go. Y'all ready? You you believe that when I flip this, it's going to turn on, right? I I hope it works, because if it doesn't work... Oh, there we go. We're in trouble. Okay, so let's think about this for just a second. Every day you get up, and you believe in electricity... I mean, you don't necessarily think about it 
You, you don't have this, you know, this special constitution. You don't pledge allegiance to the electricity. But you just know it's there. You depend on it. You rely on it. You have to have it. How many times a day do we trust, rely, or expect power from electricity to come into our houses, out of our receptacles, and through our bulbs? It energizes our electronics, it charges our cell phones, and it magnetizes our microwaves. Think about this. Without AC, you wouldn't have AC. And it goes back a long ways before we have to think about no air conditioning. But if you didn't have electricity, you wouldn't have air conditioning. All you have is your fan and your hand trying to cool you off. But we don't think about it very much, do we? It's just there. We expect it. Now, have you ever gone to turn on the switch and it not work? Yeah, this is Hobbs, New Mexico. That's like a regular occurrence around here. I can't tell you how many times that we've had it where the electricity went off. I mean, it looks like it's going to rain and the electricity goes out. And so, but you expect it. And when it's not on, then you complain, I have to have it. You can't imagine what life would be like without electricity. I mean, Rusty, you probably could remember that. That was a few years ago, but got to have the electricity. But if you turn it off, there's no more life. We expect it. We trust in it. We believe in it. And it's there for us. But if we're not plugged in, then the light doesn't work. So do we really rely on Jesus? I want to reread John chapter 15 starting in verse 5. And I want to read it just as though he were talking not about vines and branches, but rather about electricity and light bulbs. I am the cord and you are the lamp. If you remain in me and I in you, you will shine my light. Without my power, you can do nothing. If you are unplugged, you are like a light bulb that is thrown away. Such bulbs are picked up, broken into pieces, and thrown into the trash. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Wow, that's... That's pretty powerful. I want to say that again. This this is the words of Jesus. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you shine much light showing yourselves to be my disciples. So I don't want us to end the idea of Jesus' power on the boat as He's walking across the water. I don't want you to think that Jesus' transforming power can't make it across past where Peter was walking. I want you to know that Jesus has the power to change lives today here in Hobbs. And if you can trust in His power like you trust in the electricity, don't you think that He can make His light shine here in Hobbs? I I think about the potential that God has stored up here for this church, Taylor Street, what He can do out in this world. I just I can't imagine, fathom, or contain what God can do 
for Hobbs New Mexico if we're willing to plug in and trust that His light will shine through us. But the problem is, you're like me probably, where you get a little timid. Or you get a little busy. And you think God has the power and He uses it and He's used it, but maybe not for me. But maybe we're doubting too much and we're treating Jesus like He's D.C. Like He can't make it across a mile or two. But let me tell you this. Jesus promised before He left, I am leaving, but I will send to you my Counselor, my Spirit, and His power will work through you. Now we can sit in these pretty purple pews every Sunday and we can talk about the grace, mercy, and power of Jesus, but I want you to know, it goes outside of these walls. And He has power to transform your life. He has, he has power through His Spirit to change our hearts. I believe that God has the ability to transform Hobbs, New Mexico. If He can take a tax collector who took money from his own people and sent it off to Rome and he can change his heart? What can he do through you? I asked you a minute ago if you believed in the power of electricity. If you believed in the fact that that bulb could burn and if you questioned the ability that the light would turn on. And so let me ask those three questions one more time. Do you believe in the power of God? Do you believe He can power this church? Do you question His ability? God is ready to do great things. And instead of us asking why bad things are happening in this world, and why He isn't doing anything about it, maybe we should think that He's asking us those same questions. Why are there bad things going on in this world, and why aren't we doing anything about it? If you believe in the power of Jesus, He's going to make great changes in our lives and in our church, and in our community. And it's not so people can look at Taylor Street or look at you and say, wow, that's a really great person or a really great church. What I really want to hear them say is, wow, what a powerful God that we serve. He goes more than just a few miles. He came all the way down to this earth, but He didn't just leave us. He says, my power is with you. This morning, I want you to think about in real ways, how God's power can change, revolution, revolutionize, and transform your life. Starting with your heart. We serve a mighty, mighty powerful God. A God who does not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. 
If you want to plug into that power, we want you to know that Jesus offers that invitation to you as He did to His disciples 2,000 years ago. And He says this, I'm with you always. I'm with you forever. May we continue to be a people who praise God forever. If there's any way that we can help you this morning, if you want to come and recommit your life and let your light shine to this world, if you've gotten unplugged, we want to let you know today's a great day to get plugged back into Jesus. I just want to encourage each one of you as you go out into this week, be a light that shines for Jesus through His power. If we can help you in any way, please come as we stand and sing.